What is up, ladies and gentlemen? This is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, We Too Deep. Um, let's jump right on into it. Let's do some housekeeping real quick. Again, just, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the channel, share it with everyone, like the videos, leave some comments, help us get through the, the algorithm, get merchandise at slappingmeatwrestling.com, join the Discord at the link in the description. Um, and then the big thing that, that, that I really want to sort of promote, um, is tomorrow. So I'm recording this on Monday. It'll go out probably sometime Monday night. Um, tomorrow, Tuesday, I'm going to be filming instead of an NXT review, we're going to we're going to have a big uh, I don't, uh, sort of round table. I don't want to say debate, but but a round table. And I mentioned this, uh, I think, last episode um, of that. This could be happening. It's going to be me, uh, DJ Wavy D, my brother, James Junkyard James from the Junkyard podcast. And also, he's also the host of X's and O's, also in the Junkyard Media Group, and his co-host of X's and O's. Cody is also a wrestling fan. He's also one of my best friends. He's going to be on probably. He said that he's good for it. Uh, we'll see if if he does show up. But it should be us four. I, I think it should be us four. Um, and we will... Uh, be um discussing tribalism and and pro wrestling and this is something that i've wanted to talk about but i but i i feel like having the conversation with multiple people is a lot better than having the conversation with you know just me talking and, and explaining my opinion on it because because my opinion is pretty simple so so my whole goal of that is to sort of just facilitate conversation and to allow conversation to happen. I have an opinion on tribalism, but it's pretty simple. I probably can get my opinion out in 10 minutes on it. Um, and so look forward to that episode as that comes out. Um, and so with that, no, no, again, like, share, subscribe. If you're on podcast networks, you know, Spotify, Apple, all the, uh, you know, Google, all of that, uh, that we're on iHeartRadio, follow, subscribe, turn on notifications, leave us a review. Um, and uh, with that, let's dive on in to the wrestling discussion. We got a fair amount of questions uh, this this week from the Discord. Um, we got a fair amount, and so we, we will do some big time talking about those questions. We have some news to talk about first. Over the last week or so, um, some news has come out and a lot of it is going to be me dumping just straight on dumping on, on AEW. If you see the title, why can't they just be quiet? Um, we're, we're going to talk about that in a minute. That's going to be sort of what I call my main. So, so here's how we're going to, uh, uh, run the show. It's going to be me just straight dumping on AEW. And then we got two other new stories to talk about. Then we'll do the community questions, but we got about, what is this? Three, three AEW stories to talk about here. And I'm just going to start just dumping straight on trash in AEW here. Um, Cause a lot of this, this, this is all negative and that's the problem to me. That is a problem to me. There never seems to be any, uh, any positive, press about AEW. There's a fourth story I just remembered that I'll, I'll go ahead and mention now. Apparently, 
the Young Bucks, the Jacksons are no longer EVPs of the company. They're going through changes in the, uh, you know, the, how that is is uh, laid out. And that, first off, I mean, that is kind of a positive. I've been calling for that. But, but that's a negative on the company. That's a negative on the Jacksons. Right? And there's nothing ever positive coming out of the news press that we call wrestling journalism. And I say journalism with, with about as much trust as I, uh, as I would trust Helen Keller to teach my kids. Um, I, I think I trust, uh, I think I trust a crack, uh, uh, or a heroin needle from downtown San Francisco a lot more than I would trust any wrestling journalist. Uh, I think I'd be a little bit safe safer choosing the the needle over wrestling journalism because half the time especially it comes if it comes out of old seltzer water's mouth uh it's probably not true but uh you know there's nothing good coming out of the press when it comes about aw it's always these negative stories um like the one we're going to start with the, there was a, a collision match or a rampage match i don't exactly remember or Grand Metalik, I get—I don't know if he's going by just Metalik or Grand Metalik. I really don't know. He was supposed to have a match against Commander or Commander, uh, and they, instead of instead of you know he didn't want to put Commander over, he refused to lose, and so instead of Tony putting his foot down and being the boss and saying Metalik, you either go over or you're never going to work here again. Or, or you have, you either put him over, you go and do the match, and, and you and you do your job, or you're never going to work here again. He just completely scrapped it from the card. But what kind of business is that? Hey, yes, boss, I don't want to do my job today. Uh, I'm just I, I don't feel like doing it today. Uh, is that okay? No, you know what that would you know what that would end up. Uh, Randall missed his shift. Here's his write up. Uh, maybe gets fired, right? That that's what happened. That would be what happens to me. That would be what happens to to you, Tony. What are you doing, Tony? If Trevor Lawrence walked up to you and said, "Hey, hey, Tony, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of playing for the shitty franchise. Uh, I'm not showing up today. What are you going to do with Trevor Lawrence?" And, and this is what I feel like Tony treats his wrestling program so much different than he treats anything else that he that he owns. He hardly gives time to the soccer uh, soccer team, so I hardly even say that he owns or runs that shit. And I just I feel like he gives more time to AEW, and he gives a lot more grace to AEW. Uh, Metalik should should be either be fired, should not have a contract, should not be on TV again, or he should have you should have forced him to go through, do the job. That's part of the business. That's a negative story that Tony has zero control of the locker room, that he allows them to do whatever they want. Um, the next story, and this is where the why can't they be quiet that I want to talk about, is Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs, has come out, and I don't have the, the quote with me anymore, or else I would read it, but he basically comes out and says, hey, AEW is equal to WWE. No, they're not. Hobbs, my dude, are you drinking the Kool-Aid now? Are you, is this you trying to get that push? Are you trying to get what Jericho got? Jericho bought so hard into this Kool-Aid because Jericho understood that that's the only way he was going to get over with AEW. He had to buy into the Kool-Aid, right? And he had a lot of political power um, backstage with, hey, if you want to get on TV, use my name, but you got to give me the title and you got to give me what I want. Right. And, and, and I'm going to I'm going to promote AEW and I'm going to say we're the best. Like, like Will Hobbs never had that. And is this just a way for Hobbs to better his booking? Like, Will, come on, be, be honest with yourself here, Hobbs. Do you really feel that AEW was on the same level as WWE? It's not. And it's OK not to be. Right. These comments of we're on the same level as if it's competition is insane. It's insane. Because obviously you're not. 
WWE, whenever they want to, can call John Cena the Undertaker to come and grab ratings. Who do you have to do that? You're not on the same level. It's you don't have that that type of star power to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, we need a ratings boost this week. Can you come in and make a surprise entrance?" What Ric Flair? That's not going to do anything for you. You're not on the same level, and it's okay. If Hobbs would have come out and said something along the lines of, hey, I think what AEW is doing is fine. We're doing 110% the best that we can do for our for our niche market. Guess what? I wouldn't be talking about it. I would have been okay with that. But, you, but, but these guys continually run their mouths about, oh, we're we're equal. There's no WWE's not primary. There's a one A and there's a one B, and 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 AEW is equal to to WWE, and it's just not true. There's no statistical evidence to back that up. Everything is going the opposite way. It's everything is pointed towards the the complete opposite of what you're saying. All right, and so Hobbs, shut up. Tony, shut up. AEW, shut up. Go out, do the best that you can do for your niche product, and shut up. Be quiet. Stop trying to talk. Stop trying to get headlines. Because that's what this is. Because now Hobbs Hobbs can say this, and then the headlines will say, Hobbs says AEW is equal to, to WWE, and now everyone and their mother's talking about it. That's the game that they play. Because they can't get, generate press with the actual show, so they play these games, right? The next story about AEW is Eva Marie, I saw this today, is rumored to be heavily pursued by AEW. <laughs> oh, this would make my day. This would make my day. Tony Khan, I'm going to look you right dead in the face. Do it. I dare you, pussy. You won't do it. You won't do it. Sign her. And while you're at it, sign Ryback and, and Elmo, because apparently that's all he can ever do on, on, on TikTok now is talk to Elmo. But but sign her and Ryback and Goldberg. Do it. Piss off your key fan base. Piss them off. Do it, Tony. You won't do it because you don't have the fucking balls to do it. This isn't even a story of, oh, this is a bad signing. I like Eva Marie. I like her. I have a shirt. Her last return to WWE, I bought her shirt. She was there for like three weeks. I got the shirt, and then she just disappeared off the TV. I love Eva Marie. I think she she works. I think she should come back to WWE. I think she works a lot better there. But if AEW wants to overpay for her and wants to put her on TV and completely just disrespect the women's division that they have even more, because one of two things happen. The first is you sign Eva Marie and you put her at the top of the card and you give her titles, and you give her big pushes, and you give her TV time, completely disrespecting the rest of the roster that you've done jack squat for over the last four years. Or you sign her, you put her on TV for a month, and then she sits in catering, and she's probably going to have to be paid more than a lot of the women on the roster, which in and of itself is also disrespectful. So do it, Tony. Do it. The fans don't want her. Do it. You won't because you, you, you're a pussy. You just won't do it. You don't have the cojones to do it, man. Do it. I dare you, Tony Khan. Put pen to paper right now. I dare you, Tony. I dare you. Put the strap on her. Push her to the moon. You won't do it because the fans will boo you and you can't stand being booed even though that would be the best business decision you you could ever make for AEW up to this point is signing Eva Marie and putting her as champion. That would be a business decision. She's good looking. She has contacts in Hollywood. She can market the hell out of it of AEW. 
but you won't do it. Cause you had someone like her. Her name was Jade Cargill, and you and you sent her to the to the mid card. You let her run rough shot over no name talents. You wouldn't put her against the, the the mean girls of the women's division like Britt Baker. You wouldn't do that. And Jade Cargill is now more of a superstar and three or four appearances outside of the ring in WWE than she ever was in AEW. Tony Khan, not only do you not have the cojones, you don't have the knowledge to book your women's division. So do it. Sign Eva Marie. It will make my day because it will piss off the rest of the hardcore fans who complain and complain and complain. And then this will give them something more to complain about. Do it, Tony. You won't because you don't have the balls to do it. But I hope you do. It will make my day. All right. It's not not that long of, of dumping on AEW. But let's move on to the other stories to talk about. Um, the first one is um, the rumor is, so we, we, we know in 2024 all three uh, TV shows, all three brands for WWE, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, will be moving to new TV networks. SmackDown will be moving to the USA Network. Um NXT will be moving to the CW, and the rumor for Raw is a potential FX partnership. Now, this is big. Now, I mentioned last week on the NXT review show that I watched Raw, but I only watched the last two hours, and I mentioned how it was a better watch for me than watching three hours. WWE, you have the opportunity to correct your biggest issue with Monday Night Raw, and that is the length of TV. You have the opportunity, as you switch brands and you go to FX, to make the TV show Monday Night Raw two hours again. Just do it. It will make the fans happy. You can't book a three-hour show. You, you, you typically give one hour to the hardcore fans that the rest of the casual mainstream WWE fans could care less about. Take that away, and you have two good hours of wrestling. Now, you still need to please the hardcore fans, but if you give them 30 minutes and you give us an hour and a half, I think that's fair. Rather than giving them an hour and we get, we, right, and we get two hours and then we have to sort of suffer through and, right, and so WWE, make it right. Move Raw back to two hours. Two hours is that sweet spot. You know, a lot of people are going to ask for, for TV 14 and, and all of that. No, 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 no. No, no. You don't have to do that. Don't do that. We don't need it. But two hours is needed. And everyone's asking, well, why would, why would Fox sign? No, no, no. Understand, FX is owned by Disney. This is big. You're going to have, you're going to have, uh, you're going to have Raw on a Disney program. You're going to have NXT on CW, which is Next Next Star Media and Warner Brothers and and uh Paramount Viacom, I believe, owns like 12% of the of CW. And then you're going to have SmackDown on NBC on an NBC channel. You're hitting every of the other three networks other than Fox. So first off, I think this is a big fuck you to Fox. But it's also a, hey, we're, we're everywhere. Every company is going to promote us. I like this. I like this a lot. I hope it goes through. I hope it goes through. Um, I also hope that they take it off on Mondays. I know Monday is nostalgic, but take it off on Mondays. Please, 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 please. I would love a um, Tuesday, Tuesday Night Raw a Thursday NXT, and a Friday SmackDown. I think that works. Um, you don't really interfere with football um, doing that, and, and, and I think that works. I think that works very well. Last sort of news story before we get to the community topics, questions asked by the people in the Discord, and that is Mercedes Monet, also known as Sasha Banks, formerly known as Sasha Banks, 
um, posted a video on the internet, I believe it was Instagram where it was posted first of, you know, she's looking at returning. She can't wait to return and, and 2024 is when she's going to return. And so the question going around the universe is, well, where is she going? Is it AEW? Is it New Japan? Is it stardom? Is it, is it WWE? Is it Impact? Where's Where's Mercedes Monet going to show up at? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be the one to maybe be the first one to say this. To, to I'm going to be one, the one of the ones here that say she's coming back. She's coming back to WWE. Now, before people start taking credit for for saying this first, I've been saying this. I just haven't been saying this for like week, a week or two. I've been saying this for what I feel like a month. I really, I really feel that that I was the first one to mention this. I just didn't. I don't get the recognition because I don't have the platform. But I was one of the first ones to say this. In fact, I said this when she left. Oh, don't worry. She's coming back. Give it a year. She's coming back. And Triple H, and in in grand fashion of what Triple H does, he's going to bring her back. She had her little fun time. She got hurt. All her friends, that she, all the, the big stars in Japan that she wanted to bring and fight, they're now in WWE. Kyrie, Julia. I think, I think Hunter is going to go out and, and sign some more big names from Japan. And Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, will return. I believe at the Royal Rumble. I don't know. She she broke her leg, so I don't know how much longer in her recovery she is. But I would assume Royal Rumble, maybe WrestleMania, um, will be a return date for her. And I thoroughly, thoroughly believe that we will see Sasha Banks in 2024 in WWE. Thoroughly believe it. Thoroughly believe it. There, there's no other place to go. Where do you go? I'm sure you could run stardom and be the top star now that all the other stars are gone. I'm sure you could go to AEW and get buried. I'm sure you could go to Impact and not be seen. I love Impact. I love TNA. You're not being seen by more than 50, 60, 70, maybe 100,000 people. You're just not being seen. She's coming to WWE. This makes the most sense. Let me know what y'all think. What, what do y'all think? Where is she coming? She going to AEW? I mean, I'm not saying that can happen. I don't think it will, though. She's, she's back for... I'm 100% convinced. Until someone can show me why I'm wrong. But, but my biggest issue is... There's going to be a lot of people who claim, oh, we told you. No, no, no. I was the first one to say it. I was the first one to say it. And, and other people are going to get credit. Oh, man, you, you, you said this, and maybe maybe you're on the right path. No, no, I've been on the right path. Y'all are just late. Y'all are late going on to my lane. But I'm always on this lane where, where I'm not always correct. But I can, talk, I can, I can understand the business enough I could have told you a year ago she was coming back. I called Cody leaving in 2019. But no one wants to give me that credit. Because you don't get credit for what you're not heard saying, right? Uh, but, I, but I called it. I called it in 2019 that Cody, when his uh, initial contract was over, would jump ship. I called it. No one wants to give me the credit, though. I'm I'm in this lane. I understand the business. I understand what Sasha Banks was doing when she left. Sasha Banks left, assumed that she could find value in, to to in the Indies, so that she could come back 
to WWE and get paid what she wants to get paid. You know what you found, though, Sasha Banks? You found that they offered you fair value, and then you got hurt, and now you got to come back from an injury, and all the top stars in Japan are in WWE. Why would you not come back? Take whatever they offer you, Sasha. There's nothing else better for you. But I've, I've, I, I've been correct a lot. I just don't have the name Dave Meltzer for people to believe. I don't have the name of, of, of Sean Ross Sap, uh, or Sean Ross Simp, or Sean Ross Sappy Boy, like I like to call him. Boy, emotional as hell. <laughs> I, I don't have the name Brian Alvarez. Wade Keller, I'm not one of these guys. As much as I, I like how uh, Nick Hausman, I have nothing against him. I'm, I don't even have his platform or any of these TikTok influencers. I don't have that level platform. So I could sit here and say everything correct and no one would know. But I've been on this train for a while saying that Sasha was going to come back. And I think I, I think I need some credit for it. I think I need some credit for it. All right, let's jump into these questions. Um, like I said, we got a fair fair amount of them. We'll start with DJ Wavy D. Um, he asked, I think, f- five questions, uh, which is about what you know. He normally gives us about five, a good number, good number of questions. Uh, so this first one, when you look back at older WWE, what are three of your favorite outrageous storylines that would get WWE canceled today? The example he gave was the miscarriage storyline between Lita Kane and Snitsky, uh, which, I, by the way, I don't know if y'all saw Gene Snitsky was on Raw he, uh, in the back or backstage area on one of the segments a couple of weeks ago. From what from what I read, I don't I didn't watch it. I didn't actually pay attention enough to see it, but I guess he's back wrestling. Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, so that's the example that he used. So he asked for three. Um, I don't like the term favorite when it comes to these because these aren't my favorite, uh, but these are the ones that I remember. And so the first one, I don't, I feel like you would be, um, sort of out of touch to not put Vince McMahon dropping the N word on live TV. And I think the, my favorite part of the whole thing was Booker T's reaction. <laughs> that just Booker T's one of my my dudes, man. I've lo- I love Booker T. I love Booker T. Um, I love him since a kid. He's been one of my favorites. Um, and so I don't know. I just feel like just even the idea of Vince McMahon going on TV. And saying any slur, <laughs> I feel, is insane. And that will definitely get WWE canceled, big time. Um, the second one, I think, would be Val Venus's whole gimmick. Just the whole gimmick of, of a, a male porn star. I don't necessarily think it would get them canceled, but I definitely think it's outrageous. And... I'm more so in specific uh, talking about the me choppy choppy pee pee or me choppy choppy your pee pee. I forgot that dude's name. Uh, I just hit that. That gimmick would not be allowed today. People would not allow it. People are too sensitive for that type of gimmick to get over. Um, And then number three would be Eugene. Just Eugene's gimmick. Having a mentally handicapped wrestler would not fly in 2023 United States of America. That character was funny as shit, man. But it would not fly today. It would definitely get them canceled big time. Um, his second question, um, he prefaced it by saying, do this only if you didn't do it as a regular topic on your show which we didn't, uh, can you dive in and try to book the different ways WWE can go with filling out the women's war games match on SmackDown? Now, I did not watch this past Friday SmackDown. Um, 
so I didn't see this segment. But from my understanding, we have EO Sky, Bailey, Kyrie Shane, and Asuka right now versus a team that probably consists of Bianca Belair, probably Charlotte, and probably Shotzi. So the so the question then is who is it going to be a four or five person team? If it's four, well, we got the heels sold up. Who's going to be the fourth member of of the faces? And then the second question is, are we going to get are we going to get a fifth member? These tend to be five people matches here recently. So I'm of the path that this is going to be five on five. Right, we're, we're, we've pretty much for the men understood that it's going to be five on five. Drew McIntyre is joining the Judgment Day, and Randy Orton more than likely is going to return. Um, from what I've read prior to SummerSlam, to to stop people from thinking it's going to be CM Punk, but Randy Orton will fill in for the faces as the fifth member. I think that's pretty much believed by most of the wrestling journalism and wrestling community as that's going to be the move. I believe we're going to have five on five for the women as well. So that means we got to fill in two spots for the faces. We got to fill in one spot for the heels. Let's do the easy part and, and fill in the heels. So what are some of the heels that we could put in basically to this sort of damage control uh, faction um, where Dakota Kai is not there? So the easy option is Dakota Kai is healed and she can wrestle. Um, but I don't think they're going that route because I don't think she's ready. I honestly don't think she is. Um, you could do someone like Blair Davenport. I mentioned, I think it was last week, that Kyrie Sane and Io Sky were in a faction with Blair Davenport in Japan when she went by Bay of Priestley. So that's something they could do. I think they go a different route, though. Where's the event being held? Chicago. This is what crossed my mind when I uh, was sort of researching this. The events in Chicago. Well, there's a woman's wrestler that I know from Chicago that hasn't been seen on TV, I think, since July. It would be a perfect time for her to show up. And that woman's name is Cora Jade. I think it would not be far outside of the picture to put Cora Jade in this faction um, for at least, at least for this match. I think that would be fun. I really think that would be fun. So then we go to the faces. We're probably going to get Bianca Shotzi and Charlotte. So the question is who are going to be the last two members? Well, there's a lot of belief in the universe that Becky Lynch will be one of them. Um, that makes a lot of sense. If it's Becky Lynch. I think it makes a lot of sense for Becky Lynch to be on this team. The only thing that really keeps me from it is she is a Raw superstar and everyone else in the match is going to be from SmackDown. Um, and so I don't think that that's a big problem for Becky, to be honest with you. Um, I just I can't think of anyone on the SmackDown roster that would make sense in this position. I've seen a lot of, you know, it could be Isla Dawn and... Um, her partner, uh, Alba Fire, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I think Becky Lynch would be a perfect person to put in this in this match. So then who's, who's number five? Well, this one I think is also very, very perfect, a, a very good time to, to put her in a match. You call up Roxanne Perez. So uh, I think the three missing pieces will be Cora Jade call-up, Becky Lynch, and then a call-up of Roxanne Perez. There's nothing else for Roxanne to do in NXT. Roxanne fits with Cora because of the history between the two, but she also fits if it's B, uh, Blair Davenport because there's history between the two of them. Um, you know, maybe we could see a Gigi Dolan. She could be one. I think we might get some actual surprises, some call-ups. Um, I think that's something that could actually happen at this event. But I'm going to stick with Cora Jade for the heels, Becky Lynch, and Roxanne Perez for the faces. 
Uh, he then asked number three, I've seen a small number of rumors of KO Kevin Owens versus Nick Otis at WrestleMania. Uh, do you think we're, this is where the suspension storyline could end up, or do we have to pump the brakes? Um, so first off, if Kevin Owens does a storyline, I think this will be the the I think this will work. Um, I would have to go back and watch SmackDown to see all of the, you know what what led to him being suspended and all of that. Um, but thinking long term towards WrestleMania. This makes sense, but I'm also thinking long-term to the end of 2024. When Kevin Owens becomes a free agent, at some point at the end of 2024, late 2024, he becomes a free agent. Now, I'm going to assume he's not signing. That's going to be my assumption. My assumption is they're going to get him to a place on TV where he's no longer on TV. What's the best way you can do that? Let's do a year-long storyline with between Kevin Owens and the authority figures of WWE where he has a, a, a match, let's say, at uh, Survivor Series next year or at Crown Jewel next year or, you know, some big event, you know, Kevin Owens can have like this match, you know, after a year long feud of him fighting back the, the authority, there's a match where if you lose, you get fired and he loses that match and sort of build this year long story of the goodbye of Kevin Owens. And there's no reason for him to stay here. Kevin, go join your friends at AEW. It's where I know you want to be there, Kevin. I know you want to be there. You made your money with this last two-year contract. Go to AEW. Do it, Kevin. Do it. Um, and so that's what I think should happen. And so Kevin Owens versus Aldis at WrestleMania. I don't know if, if if we should do it that soon, but I could even see a an Aldis Owens feud that lasts months, where WrestleMania may be the first match of it, um, and we can move further on down the line with that, right? His fourth question, um, I think this new uh, AL Sky faction is really cool, but they definitely seem like they are going to suffer from the language barrier. One reason why Bailey was so great for damage control was because she could talk. If they kick out Bailey, who could they replace her with that has the star power to be the voice of the group, but not overshadow EO uh, as the title holder. Now, the answer to this question is, I don't think there's anyone who fits this criteria. I don't. I don't think there's anyone that has enough star power to mean a lot to the faction, but also not a, not too much star power where they overshadow the rest of the group. I think a Cora Jade addition to this faction where maybe she could be the mouthpiece would work. Uh, maybe it could be a story where Dakota Kai takes over the ranks. I think that would be something that would be cool. Um, uh, again, if Blair Davenport joins, she can talk. But I also think if they book this right, similar to the way Shinsuke does his promos, where their vignettes are not really in the arena or in the ring. They're sort of video packages with American subtitles. I'm fine with that, with like the, the English subtitles. I think they could do that, and I don't think they would need a mouthpiece. I think that would be fun. Uh, and so I think it all comes down to how they book it. But you have some names. I think I think Dakota Kai could do it. I think Cora Jade, Blair Davenport. I think you could you could put some people in there that would definitely work out um, very well. Very well. And then his last question, uh, would you rather take a 1v1 intimate session with Tiffany Stratton or 1v2 intimate with Cora Jade and Asuka, um, but they're 10 years older. Um, <laughs> we're going with Tiffany one-on-one. -on -one. We're going with Tiffany 1v1 here. Um, I'm sorry. It's just that the addition of 50-year-old Oscar. Just, I'm sorry. That's a little gross, man. Uh, just thinking of it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, if that's your thing, man, Wavy D, you could have that. You could have 50-year-old Oscar. 
and 31-year-old Cora Jade, I don't know how, how good-looking 31-year-old Cora Jade's going to look uh, with all that plastic. But... Uh, but a current, what is she, 22, 23, 24-year-old Tiffany Stratton, I'm down with it. I'm down with it uh, for, for, a, for a 1v1 intimate session with, with Tiffany Stratton. Um, let's move on. Uh, B-Master asks, is there any wrestling move that when you see it makes you cringe? Um, and my answer will always and have has always been, first off, when the young bucks do the super, any super kick other than Shawn Michaels doing the sweet chin music makes me cringe just because it's overused the Canadian destroyer. But the big one that I thought of immediately. And as much as I love Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay is a top three wrestler in the world. I've been saying that for about a month now. Um, you got dragon off. You got Gunther. You got Will Ospreay. All of them could ha make an argument for number one, two or three. I don't care the order, but those are your top three wrestlers in the world. The Tiger Driver needs to end, though. Will Ospreay would be solid in number one if he didn't do the Tiger Driver. I just can't stand the move. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. Um, Another one I just thought of was when Brian Danielson topes through the ropes. I cringe. Every time since he's come back from retirement that he does that, I cringe. It literally makes me almost emotional seeing him do that because to do it in 2014 was was my favorite wrestler, um, and I, there was so much emotion behind him winning the title at WrestleMania 30, and then so much emotion behind him getting hurt and having to retire just for him to come back. And so I have a little bit of anger towards Tony Khan. I have a little bit of anger towards Tony Khan with how he's treated Brian Danielson because the dude was one of the best wrestlers in the world. And how do you use him? You beat him. You break him. He's he has a broken orbital bone and he's he's taped together with scotch tape and duct tape to fix his eyes. And you're going to put him in a damn tournament. Tony, what the fuck are you doing, man? That's one of the best wrestlers to ever wrestle in the 20th century, 21st century. One of the best character arcs in WWE modern history with the WrestleMania 30 arc. A man who had to retire for concussions and neck injuries. And you have him out here breaking bones. He's been injured like three times in his run. He has a broken orbital bone. And you're putting him in a damn match? At the, like, I get angry when I see that. I get angry when I when I don't even like Kenny Omega, but I get angry. Well, Osprey, I love you, dude. You're a great wrestler. You're one of my favorites active today. But when I see someone like Kenny Omega who has admitted to having vertigo in the ring, which is just dangerous in itself, but also having numbness in his arms, and you drop him on his damn neck, I get angry when I see that because it doesn't have to happen. So the Tiger Driver, that's my answer. But some of these people in wrestling need to understand it's not about the, the cheers. I want you to have a fucking life when you retire. I want you to be able to live. And, and, and Brian Danielson, I want you to be able to play with your kids and take care of your wife long after you're done playing fighter. John Moxley, I want you to be able to play with your kids and to love your wife and for her not to have to take care of you because you're in a wheelchair. Darby Allen, I don't want you in a wheelchair in five years. Why do I get so upset with some of the stupid shit? Because I care about these people. They're humans to me. They're not just, and in one aspect, they are characters, but I look at the I look at the human behind the character. If you're going to kill kayfabe, right? If you're going to kill kayfabe and let me see behind the scenes to get an emotional response, I'm going to use that emotional response and say, y'all, y'all do some stupid shit. Darby, you don't have to be doing this shit. Brian, what are you doing? You got kids, man. You got a wife. 
Go go in and and think about long after your entering career is over. I don't think wrestlers think about that. Because they want the applause. And I get it. But I think it's stupid. I think there's a lot more things that matter than wrestling. All right. Then the last person to ask questions was the Witters. First one he asked is, knowing Ric Flair signed a multiple-year contract with AEW and knowing that Sting is done in March, let's say they wanted to build a new evolution. Who would you pick to be the Triple H of the group? Who would be the Randy Orton? And who would be the Batista? I don't know why this this answer came to me so quickly when I first saw this question, but this just made complete fucking sense to me. The Triple H of the group would be MJF. The sort of, who was Triple H when he first started? Right, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, when he first started, was a sort of aristocrat, rich, snotty uh, young lad, right? Sort of, sort of the the northeast uh, pr- uh, pretty boy. That he reminds me a lot of MJF. So MJF would be the Triple H of the group, who would be the Randy Orton. Well, Randy Orton, when he joined Evolution, was like the young. Now he was the 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 multi generational wrestler. I don't think they have any of those. And, and you know, Brock Brock Anderson's gone. Uh, Pillman's gone. I don't think they have any multi, uh, second, third generation superstars that are young that could play the Randy Orton of this group. So I went with the next, the next best thing, which I think is the young superstar in the making of Ricky Starks. And then who would be the Batista? Like, what was Batista? Dude was just a beast. Wardlow, this makes sense. So you would have an evolution-type group where um, I would assume your idea of Ric Flair would play Ric Flair, and then you have MJF, Ricky Starks, and Wardlow. I think that would fucking work. I think that's magic. I think that's magic. His next question, if you could split up the tag team titles and crown new Raw tag team champions and new SmackDown uh, champions, which teams would you go with? For Raw, um, just for now, because they're still sort of rebuilding this tag team. Actually, no, they're not. I'm going to go with young potential superstars. The Creeds. Raw, give the belts to the Creeds. SmackDown, give the belts to Waller and and Theory. There you go. That 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 one was easy. I completely forgot the Creeds were on Raw. Give the belts to the Creeds. Give the belts to Waller and and Austin Theory. You you can build around the future of your tag team division. I think Waller is in his 30s, but even still, you got a bunch of people in their 20s in that in that grouping that you could build a a, a really good tag division for. Um, and, and so that's what I would do with that. And the last community question where we'll end it: thoughts on the bunny getting. Uh, getting fired and or released or and or not signing. Uh, and so I, I don't know the situation. I don't know if she was fired. I don't know if she didn't sign. What I do know is the butcher, the blade, and the bunny, uh, from my understanding, have been removed from the roster and are no longer AEW superstars. Now, so I'm not going to answer. So I'll give my question because the question is sort of like, what do you think about her having an OnlyFans? I don't care. I don't care about the OnlyFans part of this. Uh, do whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm not going to buy it. You're attractive, but I, I, I'm not going to buy it. Uh, here's what I think should happen though. WWE. You have an interesting decision to make because the bunny is very talented. The butcher and the blade, they're all right, but I think you could go to the butcher and the blade and create a schism-esque team with them, the Bunny, and Joe Gacy. And this could just be a team that fucks up NXT. Doesn't really have to win anything. I think that would be fun. I think that would be fun. Um, I think WWE should really consider bringing at least the Bunny to TV. I think that would work. I think I, I, 
I did not hate them on 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 AEW television. I think that they were decent enough. The bunny's really good. She's of course she's attractive. That's why she has an OnlyFans. But I mean, I told y'all. I told y'all when Mandy Rose left, when Dana Brooke left, when Lacey Evans left, this was going to be the norm. Women were going to realize I don't have to take bumps anymore. I can go take bumps for two years, three years, show my ass on 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 TV, like quite literally, and then when I'm done taking bumps, I'm going to just go sell pictures on the internet that I could just post on Instagram, but I'm going to actually sell them because there's some thirsty motherfucker out there who would buy it. I told y'all this would be the norm. I'm not surprised at this. I'm not at all surprised that the bunny has an OnlyFans, especially with the success that Chelsea Green had before she joined WWE, that Mandy Rose has has now, that Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke are getting ready to find. Um, I, I'm not surprised one bit that this is the mark or this is the avenue the bunny decided to take to make some money. I'm not surprised at it. Because I'm going to be completely honest. I think the bunny's more attractive than Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans. And there's an argument that she's up there with, with Mandy Rose. I think the bunny looks a little bit more feminine. That's why I would choose her over Mandy. I'll be completely honest with you. Mandy's still fucking drop-dead gorgeous. But I would choose the bunny over her because the, uh, the bunny isn't as... Uh, and it's not that Mandy... Ma- Mandy's not like bodybuilder thick like built but she's a little bit you know bigger and 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 i prefer more feminine like petite women to be completely honest with you um so but i'm not surprised at it i'm just not surprised i'm not surprised at it. it doesn't blow my mind to think that this is what happened um um so yeah I, I I don't really know what else to, to say there. Um, with that being said, though, thank you all for watching another episode. Let me know. Of course, let's have some discussion on this topic. Look forward to the episode with me, Wavy D, uh, Junkyard James, and uh, Cody. Uh, we should be recording that tomorrow. I look forward to that on the YouTube page um, as well as the uh, podcast podcast. Uh, audio uh sites you know spotify apple and all of that thank you all for watching again like share subscribe leave a review leave a comment um join the discord slappingmeatwrestling.com for your merch thank you all again for for watching or listening i'll see you all in the next episode brother i'm going run a while if i like get some moment